friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to BQ&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary. I minister the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church right here in the beautiful city of Adelaide. I'm also presenter of Drive Time every Tuesday and Wednesday. What a privilege it is to be able to share with you. Folks, look, it is it is a wonderful day here in, in Adelaide. We've had a, an absolutely glorious one. Would almost think it was a spring day we've had here in Adelaide. Uh, those guys in Melbourne, you can look forward to some fantastic weather in just the uh, uh, very uh, near, near future. Now, folks, of course, uh, if you uh, might be having some trouble hearing us, if you're listening to us uh, through your uh, radio uh, set, but uh, if you want to get really fantastic reception, what you need to do is to download our app. Uh, now, our app can be downloaded from uh, your favourite app store, and uh, all you need to search for is uh, Faith FM Australia. Uh, now, that's a, that's a fantastic uh, little app, that one, uh, and that way you can get perfect reception Everywhere you go, just Bluetooth it to your uh, car radio and uh, you will have no problems, no fading in, no fading out. Uh, the low-power uh, radio station uh, will sound as good as any of the uh, uh, the large uh, radio stations. Uh, now, uh, this week, uh, we've been following the theme, uh, A Dummy's Guide to Prophecy. Now, look, we don't, we don't mean that you're a, you're a dummy. Uh, of course, uh, most people don't realise that there's actually a series of books, and uh, this is where we've got this uh, name from, um, and Dummy's Guide to, and there's 276, I believe, in uh, in that particular series. It's a huge series, uh, and I'm I'm actually one who I have to admit I do have some of those books uh, sitting uh, in my in in my library. Uh, I found it uh, so useful for now. Uh, certainly, my uh, my computer uh, work, my computer technology skills are not all that great, and uh, I found the Dummy's Guide just uh, so absolutely brilliant. So when not saying uh, any of our listeners are, are dummies, but we're just picking up that uh, series of books, and uh, uh, we've entitled our series this week a Dummies Guide to to Prophecy. And today we're going to be chatting about the question: Prophecy and human nature has anything changed? Now, of course, uh, this this week uh, we've been looking at some of the uh, elements of predictive prophecy. On on Monday, uh, we looked at the at the subject of uh, the the signs and the symbols. What do some of the symbols actually mean in biblical prophecy? Uh, then uh, uh, yesterday, uh, we started to move into the book of Daniel. And of course, this is a powerful book. And we started to look at Daniel chapter two. And of course, that's the uh, story of a great big, uh, of the great big image. And we looked at the interpretation that Daniel gave to the king. Well, today, we're actually moving into Daniel chapter, chapter three. And we're asking that question, prophecy and human nature, has anything changed? Because in uh, Daniel chapter 3, we find a king actually creates an image remarkably similar uh, to that which was uh, revealed to him in Daniel chapter 2, but it doesn't have uh, different metals. It's all of one metal. Uh, We're asking, what is this actually saying? Does it say something about human nature? Is it uh, reflective of human nature uh, today. Uh, 
Uh, now, of course, to guide us through our discussion, we're going to be joined by uh, Pastor Brenton Wilkinson. Now, Brenton has recently retired from full-time ministry. Now, most recently, he was pastor in the Mount Gambier district of, of South Australia. Now, welcome to you, Brenton. Thank you, Gary. Pleased to be here. It's wonderful to have you here. Now, tell me, oh, how, how are you finding your gardening is going? Full day in the garden yesterday. I think we've got our, uh, what did I put in yesterday? <laughs> um, spinach, I think. Today it was garlics. Oh, um, lovely. Also, I've been digging down the side of the shed because we're replacing our rainwater tanks. Uh, or tank, I should say, singular, with two tanks, plural. And uh, we've had guys there today who've been replacing our um, back porch. Yeah, with yeah. a new insulated one, so it's warm in winter and cool in summer. Yeah, and that looks really good. I just had a look at the finished product before yeah. I came to the studio yeah. tonight. Yeah. So we've been keeping busy. I was on Monday night on drive time, as uh, many of our listeners would probably remember, and um, I'll be on again tomorrow doing some recording. So, yeah. uh, so for a person all in, in all, for a person in retirement, <laughs> what it really means is that you've actually given up uh, receiving a, a pay packet. Uh, rather than getting yeah, up work. Yeah, no, now that is different because this Tuesday my wife received a pay packet, but I didn't. That's wow. the first time in 14 years of ministry that I haven't received a pay packet. But yeah. I'm, I'm okay. Yeah, I'm, yeah, uh, yeah. You don't look you're like cool you're fading away to a shadow no, at this no, particular point no, in time. No, but we no, will no. help you out, Brenton, if we see you, you know, fading away. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Great. It's also really good to be able to chat this afternoon to a person that I really appreciate uh, speaking to on a very uh, regular basis. And, of course, that's my my brother, Peter. Uh, now, our Pete uh, lives in, in Melbourne uh, and uh, doesn't have just one ministry but he has two fantastic ministries he gets paid for, for one and that's actually his uh, his nursing role but then there's one he's involved in through the Lilydale Adventist Church and I think this ministry is just so marvellous, it's so wonderful, it links in so much to what we are speaking about uh, this week so I just sort of thought hey, who better uh, to actually get on uh, drive time this afternoon than my own brother, uh, Pete, who lives in Melbourne. Welcome to you, Pete. Hi, Gary. Uh, glad to be uh to join you this afternoon. Uh, it's fantastic to have you uh, have you on board. I've never actually spoken to you on air before, uh, but to be able to uh, to share with you, I think, is a an incredible uh, blessing. How's the weather in Melbourne? Well, it's, uh, sunny for a change. I, I love living in Melbourne, but I just the, the winters are long, and I just crave for uh, a bit of sunshine every so often. <laughs> Now, now listen, Pete. One of the things I'm the reason I'm wanting to chat to you this afternoon is that uh, uh, you've been developing what what I believe is an absolutely fantastic ministry uh, in literature distribution. Now, you've actually uh, got a few ministries uh, on the on the go. Uh, you, uh, uh, I, I believe, you're involved with the. Well, I know that you. I know that you're involved with the whole um, bread run and giving um, bread to those who. 
are who are really struggling. Uh, I know last uh, Sunday I went to uh, to ring you up and uh, you were out uh, delivering furniture to those who were in need. But the the thing that really jumped out at me uh, was uh, the sheer amount of literature that you're able to share just in your day-to-day living. Now, uh, unlike those of us who are paid pastors, you're not paid uh, to do ministry, but you're doing it on a volunteer uh, basis and you're doing it to a ma- in a wonderful way. Now, uh, a little while ago, um, you, you first read the book, uh, a history of tomorrow. Now, of course, that's the book that we were giving away last week on this particular program. Now, that of course tells the story of Daniel two, and this week we're digging into some of the chapters uh, in the in the book of Daniel. Now, look, what was it that impressed you most uh, when you first read that book, A History of Tomorrow? I guess what impressed me was that it was. It basically tells the the history, the last two and a half thousand years of this earth's history, and it shares briefly, it tells us what can we learn from history that we might be able to apply to the future, and what can we learn from history to to use it um, as we uh, look forward to events that are unfolding in the world today. It's a very compact little book. It, uh, it's 34 pages. I love it because it, it can fit into your, into the, your uh, top pocket of your shirt. Um, I just pull it out as I'm walking around and if there's somebody that I strike up a conversation with and, uh, we touch on a spiritual theme, then I just share it with them and say, well, you might be interested in this. It's that easy. Pete, Pete, let's come to that in just a moment because the thing that I know that I really appreciate about the uh, the ministry that you're involved in is the sheer intentionality of everything that you're actually doing because, you know, you're actually uh, planning to give away uh, literature and a history of tomorrow is one that at the present time you're finding incredible uh, benefit with. Now, you know, I really appreciate that you mentioned that this is not a big book. It's not a difficult book to read. How how long would it take you to actually, you know, in hours? How many hours do you think it would take to actually read A History of Tomorrow? Well, when I give one away, um, I'll, t- I'll tell the person that might take you a couple of hours, you know. Um, somebody with a speed read could probably do it in 15 minutes, but for myself it took me about two hours. Okay, Look, that's a, that is an easy book. This is, this is an easy read book. This isn't a difficult book to read. Uh, but. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Pete, how many, now you, you were so impressed with this book that you went and bought some to give away. How many did you buy? I, I actually bought one book. Okay. So I thought, and somebody suggested that I read it. And so I thought, well, anyway, so I just thought, I'll just go and buy one book. So I bought a copy. And at the back of the book is the author's email address. And so I just, and he says there, if you have like more copies of this book for sharing, please email the author. So I thought, well, why not? So I contacted uh, Julian. Um, Julian Archer is the author. Uh, he gave me a quote for uh, uh, for 300 books. So basically the, 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 they're a compact little book, as you already know. Uh, one box is, uh, they can fit 300 into one box. 
So he contacted the publisher. I paid him, and it was from their uh, warehouse. Yeah. Uh, look, that. look, Pete. That's that's fantastic. You know, to actually put your your own money uh, into a a book that you can distribute to me, uh, I believe, uh, is something that is that's actually quite rare uh, within uh, much of the church environment today. But of course, now you've got three hundred books. How do you how do you actually go about distributing them? Well, it's interesting. We have a sharing table at our at our church and so uh, I put an announcement in our, in our church bulletin encouraging people to if they haven't read the book to at least take a copy and read it and then prayerfully consider who they can share it with yeah. so and I did that and, I, and I've, I've left probably maybe 100 150 there um, and then uh, I just um, distribute them uh, at a hospital I work I just leave them um, uh, in, in the foyer um, they they do go, and so I'm assuming uh, people uh, pick it up, have a look at the back at the back cover. I uh, think, oh, this is interesting. So uh, it goes, yeah. So when you go to work, you intentionally, and, and this is the thing that I emphasize on this, this is intentionality. This is the thing that I believe, I believe the Lord richly, uh, rewards, uh, people who are intentional with, uh, the evangelistic spirit. And that's exactly what is actually occurring, I know, in, uh, in your ministry at this time. So you've purchased 300, uh, you leave some in the, in waiting rooms. Are there any other people? I mean, I mean, that still leaves you a few hundred books to actually distribute. You know, what were the results? I mean, have uh, have people come back to you at all? Of those 300 books, and they, I haven't distributed them all yet, but three people have actually come back to me because I see three of the people who have given the books to on a, a semi-regular basis, and they've, both, and they've all come back to me to say, that's an interesting book. I never passed the comment. I never realized that about um, Daniel. Or I didn't realize the prophecy and the significance of the prophecy. That's the prophecy in Daniel 2, which uh, Julian talks about in his book. I've had my neighbor across the road. He actually asked me yesterday. I spoke to him and he said, who is this guy, Daniel? And that led into the conversation of who was Daniel. So, um, so you'd actually given him this book? Yeah, the neighbor across the road, my GP, Tell us, tell us about your GP. I mean, I understand that you, I mean, you have this habit of everybody you come, come across, uh, you know, you like to leave them with a little piece of literature. You went to your GP and uh, he, you gave uh, the history of t- tomorrow, but you'd previously given them uh, given them a copy of Great Controversy, another, a much larger book. So, so, so I've just practiced I go to this being two doctors that I visit. Anyway, and so... Probably last year, I, I, I gave one GP because my other GP wasn't available. So I gave him, when I, we, we were talking about spiritual things. So I said, I have a book in my car which you might be interested in. So I, I, I and, and the great controversy is uh, a lot longer book. It's 600 pages. And so, and being a busy GP, he doesn't necessarily get the time to read it, but uh, he had, did have it there. So he took it, he received it off you, uh, but then didn't read it. That's my understanding he didn't read it, or if he did, he, 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 he just didn't get a time to read it all. But yeah. however, when I went and saw my other GP, I actually took a copy of The History of Tomorrow and 
I actually asked the secretary because uh, he was away at the time. So I actually gave it to the uh, girls on the desk and said, oh, could you please pass this on to Michael for me? And I, I wrote a, a note on there uh, just to say it was from me anyway. So so I actually didn't see him. I actually gave it to the girls to give him, and, which they obviously did because when I went to see him today, he actually had it in the, the pocket of his, of his jacket. He pulled it out and he said to me, hmm, that's an interesting book that you gave me. He said, that other book you gave me, I haven't had time to read that, but I like this one. Okay, so the one, that, so the one that you left was the book, The History of Tomorrow, and that's the one that he'd actually read. Correct. Yep. And, and being, and he's obviously into history, and of course, being only 34 pages long, he can read it in his lunch break. Uh, look, that's 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 really wonderful, you know, because to me, when you've had three people come back... Yeah, what happens to the others, um, I'm sure God works on people's hearts and, and um, you don't necessarily have to be interested in history to be to appreciate the value that this book and the information which it, it, it shares. If you're just interested in, in where we're headed as a society and you really need to read this book, you know, it will open your eyes and it'll leave you looking for more, you'll be asking more questions and you'll be looking for the answers to those. It, it, at, the, um, at the end of the book, the, he does, Julian does encourage uh, his readers to watch uh, a documentary called The Kingdom Come. And, and I've actually watched that, uh, that video, uh, that documentary. It's very, very good. I would encourage all your listeners to watch the watch the documentary called Kingdom Come. Again, it's short; it's twenty eight minutes, but it's got great cin- cinematography. It's very professionally done, and again, you it'll leave you with for knowing more. Yeah, and I, I appreciate what you're saying there, Pete, because I know that I've certainly also watched that uh, uh, that video, Kingdom Come, and you can get it on uh, online. Just go into your uh, search engine and look for uh, Kingdom Come, and uh, it's actually a series that, uh, and the first part, of course, deals with the big image of Daniel uh, 2, and uh, it's uh, it's an absolutely uh, awe-inspiring documentary, too, and I, I'm encouraging people to really get into that uh, that YouTube uh video it's called kingdom come if you're looking for it and uh you'll you'll really really love it but uh this this particular book done by julian archer history of tomorrow to me i really appreciate what you're actually doing there pete because uh the sheer intentionality of uh, what you are doing i believe is going to see uh incredible result in changes in people's lives if you would like a copy this was actually our gift book to you uh, last week now a number of our listeners did actually take up that offer but look I'm going to actually give you the code number again if you would like uh, your own copy of A History of Tomorrow by Julian Archer maybe it's a book that uh, you might like to read Uh, it will challenge you Uh, it will uh, give you a direction uh, to, uh, to thinking on 
some biblical things. Uh, but uh, most of all, you may have somebody that you can think of that uh, you may like to share this uh, book with. I don't mind if you uh, claim this offer and then take it along and give it to your doctor or somebody else that you feel may be able uh, to benefit from uh, all that's in this book. Now, look, if you would like your own copy of A History of Tomorrow, uh, all you need to do is to uh, text us at our studio text number. Now, our studio text number is 04888808811. That number again is 04888808811. And all you need to do is to give us the code. Now, the code is SA for South Australia, 125. So five digits in a row because uh, uh, that will go through to our robot and our robot will come back to you and ask you a few questions so that we can get this book to you in the fastest way possible. That uh, text number again, 04888808811 and the code that you need to put in your text is SA125. That's all you need to put in your text and uh, our robot, he'll come back to you, ask you those few questions and uh, get the and get the necessary information so that we can get this book to you in the very and the fastest way possible. Uh, Pete, been really good chatting to you again. Uh, may the Lord richly and abundantly continue to bless your ministry and thank you so much for uh, all you're doing. Uh, I love being able to, to chat with you week by week. Uh, well, uh, likewise, Gary, I've enjoyed the opportunity to talk about Julian's book and I think your listeners will, will really appreciate the information that Julian uh, has in there and wants to share. Thanks so much for that, Pete. May the Lord richly bless you. That number again is 04888808811 and the uh, text uh, code is SA125. Uh, May the Lord abundantly bless you, Pete. Thanks so much. And let's come to some uh, some music right now. This is uh, Faith First, uh, Where There Is Faith. Please, please enjoy.
faith first uh, where there is faith love that uh, that Great particular song. rendition beautiful beautiful uh, song I think uh, Brenton you're saying in the break that goes back to about oh, the 1990s back to the 90s I just can't think who the original um, group was who did it in America but it was a big hit in the contemporary Christian world. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, yeah. No, it's a lovely, a, song. a lovely, <laughs> lovely song. Uh, folks, look, uh, we have had a bit of a, uh, a rush on our, uh, on our computer. If uh, you really, if you'd like a copy of History of Tomorrow, please, uh, feel free to, uh, to, to keep, uh, coming, uh, uh, coming to us because, uh, that we'd have had a little bit of a rush there. And, uh, that book again is History of Tomorrow. If you would like that, uh, book, uh, don't forget our text number is 04888. 80811 and the code that you need to put in your text is SA125 no gap between the SA and the 125 and uh, our computer will uh, our uh, robot he'll he'll contact you and uh, get uh, your information so that we can get this book to you really uh, quickly I would recommend this book to you uh, it really does uh, look at the direction this world is heading and it is so clear it's concise it's easy easy and it's simple to read you'll love it a history of tomorrow if you'd like that book 04888 80811 and the code is SA125. Now you are listening to uh, Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary and uh, my co-host today is uh, Pastor Brenton Wilkinson and Brenton has recently retired from full-time ministry. Most recently he was a pastor in the Mount Gambier district here in uh, South Australia and this week we've been following the theme, The Dummy's Guide to Prophecy. Now that's out of respect to the dummies books, not uh, our people because we don't have any dumb people on our uh, on our show uh, today uh, we're chatting on the question prophecy and human nature has anything changed now of course this week uh, on Monday uh, we started by looking at the uh, what what are the symbols the big symbols of Bible prophecy uh, yesterday we looked at a huge image in Daniel chapter 2 divided into uh, four uh, four different metals uh, that King Nebuchadnezzar had that da- that 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 Daniel interpreted for him. Uh, today, uh, Brenton, you're going to take us through a, a, a Bible study where we're looking at Daniel uh, chapter 3. And, of course, in this chapter, we've got the king and now comes out and he re- re- essentially recreates uh, the uh, image that he saw in Daniel chapter 2, but this time it's only of one metal. What's, what's really going on? What's really going on is that um, Dan, uh, Daniel has given Nebuchadnezzar, as you touched on last night, a very, very clear picture of what the future of the world was. Perhaps the significant text in Daniel 2 is the one that says, and after you will come another kingdom inferior to yours. Yeah. Now, remember you're dealing with the most powerful despot on earth at this particular point in time. Here's something for our listeners to think about as they're thinking about this particular subject. The dream in Daniel chapter 2 was in the second year of Nebuchadnezzar's reign. We don't know precisely when Daniel chapter 3 took place, but most of my research suggests to me that there may have been, Gary, a gap of 9 or 10 years between the... Um, revealing of the Daniel chapter 2 image which Nebuchadnezzar received in a dream or in a vision and Daniel chapter 3 which is no vision 
Mm. <laughs> what I find interesting is, as you read Daniel chapter 3, we like to rush through and get to the part where the Hebrews are in the burning fiery furnace and away we go. We miss a lot of what I call the human interest side of things. In Daniel chapter 3, as you touched on just a minute ago, what you've got is you've got an image 30 metres high made wholly of gold. Now, this, is, this is huge, isn't it? <laughs> it's huge because you would have touched on it with Marty yesterday. Um, the head was of gold. And, of course, Daniel standing before Nebuchadnezzar says to him, you are the head of gold. Can you imagine? Um, I imagine he had a big throne room because I'll tell you what, if he hadn't have had, I reckon his head would have swelled so much, he would have had trouble getting out the door. Exactly. So um, you are the head of gold. Now, some years later... He is building an image. Really what he's saying here, I believe, is there's a degree of arrogance and hubris mm. in what is taking place mm. here. He's saying, so, I remember very clearly, even though it was a few years ago that you gave me this, I remember very clearly that I was told there would come a time when my image, my kingdom would be superseded by another kingdom inferior to mine. Well, I'll tell you what, that's not going to happen. That's not happening. That's not happening. So uh, he makes a whole image of gold. <laughs> this is where um, I studied the characteristics today, Gary, of dictators. They have certain um, characteristics, <laughs> uh, which um, how can I put it? The first characteristic most dictators have is their narcissistic in personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we could go on. Um, they have an inordinate desire for power and control. Yeah. They must control everything. Yeah. Uh, they're not averse to lying and deceit to get their mm. own way. And they lack empathy with mm. people. Mm. You can see this in the Ukraine war that's yeah. going on over there yeah. at the moment. Nebuchadnezzar here is defying the God of heaven and saying, well, this is what I was told, but I'll tell you what, <laughs> my image is going to last forever. So he puts this together, time-wise, time-wise, possibly 594-593 BC. Mm. Why? Because it was the fourth year of Zedekiah's reign. Zedekiah was the last king of Judah, and he was a fairly what I would call a wishy-washy character, yeah, yeah. and he was summoned to come to Babylon. Now, was he just there for an executive committee meeting? I don't think so. Uh, I think possibly, and we can't prove it, but we think it highly likely that around about this time was the time the image was put together. Every person who was anybody in the Babylonian kingdom, whether they be judicial, legal, uh, administrative or whatever, were called together. This image was set up on the plain of Dura which is not that far from a place called the Plain of Shinar. Yeah. If we go right back to Genesis chapter 11, come, let us build us a tower that will reach to heaven. Da-dee-da-dee-da. Mm. So, <clears throat> to continue the story, they have what I would call one of the world's best incentive programs for worshipping this image. If you don't worship it, you'll be thrown into a burning, fiery furnace. <laughs> so this, this is remarkable, isn't it? You know, I mean, you know, I mean, it's certainly talk, a strong incentive program. <laughs> talk about in controlling, you know, authority. You know, this is yeah. huge. And of course, a lot of people don't actually realise that the furnaces uh, were probably heated because this is over in uh, uh, over in modern uh, day Iraq. Uh, modern day Iraq yeah, yeah. Uh, were probably fuelled from uh, natural tar pits. Yes, uh, that yes. were actually there. Now, this is oil not, plus chaff. That's what they 
to fall, fire. Oil plus chaff. Can yep. you imagine the sort of heat that can come out of oh, those yes. uh, those furnaces? Oh, yeah. Uh, you, people wonder, you know, how was the, you know, the people that threw the uh, captives ultimately into the furnace. Yeah, we'll uh, get, get to them a yeah, little bit later. But <laughs> hey, the heat in this furnace yeah. is a oh, huge. Yeah. But anyway, immense. sorry, I'm it's taking immense. your role. No, 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 you're going well. Um, basically, <laughs> just going back to what you said about the tar, um, if you are heating brick, fire, firing brick today, the temperature can get as high as 4,000 degrees. Mm, mm. That's, uh, that's Fahrenheit, about 1,500 degrees Celsius. Yeah. Now, um, the issue here is an interesting one. You could argue, well, God knows that I don't really uh, worship an image. Yeah, um, I'll, yeah. I'll just bow the knee for a minute because everyone else is doing it. But here, Daniel's three friends, and interestingly, Daniel's not in the picture. Where yeah. was Daniel? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. I suspect that the king probably sent him on some errand because he figured that Daniel, as his prime minister, was definitely not going to bow down to this image. Mm. Um, and so as to avoid any embarrassment, because this is Nebuchadnezzar's big moment. Yeah. He doesn't want anyone spoiling the party, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. So here we go. Um, he says, if you don't bow down and worship, there's a whole Babylonian orchestra here. We haven't got time to go through all the instruments, but all the instruments, when they play, you are to bow down and worship. The issues here are interesting. If you put yourself in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's uh, shoes, these are the issues. If you bow down and worship the image, you are breaking the first and second commandments yeah. of the Ten Commandment law of God. Number two, you're acknowledging the king is supreme mm. because that was mm. the whole purpose of the mm. thing. Number three, it's a denial of the true God. Yeah. One of the uh, Ten Commandments, the second one, says you shall not bow down and worship graven images. Yeah. Number four, uh, it's recognising Babylon's gods as being superior to the true God. Mm. So these were the issues that they were dealing with. Anyway, to cut the story short, the music plays, everybody bows down, bar three. Mm. Then we find a group known as the Chaldeans. Now, this is interesting because professionally, <coughs> Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel were all part of the Chaldeans. Mm. They were promoted as a result of uh, what happened in Daniel chapter 1 and Daniel being able to reveal the king's dream in Daniel chapter 2. These men were promoted to what we would call the elite. Mm. Today we would call it the elite section. of. They actually spoke a different language from the common, mm -hmm. the common language that was used in Babylonia at that particular time. So they come to the king and they say, King, are you aware that there are three guys who didn't bow down and worship when the music played? Yeah. yeah. Are you... Have you thought about this, King? Have you thought about the fact that these guys are prisoners? They were people who were taken captive in the land of Judah all those mm -hmm. years ago, mm -hmm. and you have promoted them mm -hmm. to senior roles in your government. In mm -hmm. other words, they're hinting, and I don't know about you and I, but if, if it were me, I would be presenting this in a very respectful manner. Mm -hmm. I don't really wish to leave the room not alive, <laughs> mm, mm. I'd be preventing this, in, but nevertheless getting the point across. You promoted these guys mm. to these positions. What did you expect? 
They've got their own uh, language. They came from a different culture. They worship a different God. Did yeah. you really seriously expect that they were going to bow down to your image? Yeah. You can almost sense this if you're yeah. looking at it yeah. from a human yeah. interest point of view. Anyway, Nebuchadnezzar, <laughs> like all par- um, like all um, dic- dictators, <laughs> blows his top. It yeah. says he was furious. Mm. And he called them and he said, Is it true? that you do not worship my gods. Now, I don't know, <laughs> Gary, you and I weren't there, but <laughs> this man had had them in his employ probably for seven or eight years. He must have had some sort of an idea of their administrative abilities. Yeah. And surely he must have had some sort of an idea of their religious faith. Yeah. So yeah. to make the comment, is it true that you do not worship the gods that I or the God that I have set up, mm. um, suggests to me that he's... He's really saying, <clears throat> you know what, guys? You're only in the position you're in now because of my benefactor role. Yeah. I've promoted yeah. you. I've placed you in the positions that you're in now. Yeah. yeah. Now, what is it? Why can't you just bow down and worship this golden image that I've set up? Because mm. you owe everything to me. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. could very easily, I could have brought you to Babylon and executed you. Yeah. Yeah. So these are these are some of the human interest issues that yeah, uh, yeah. that are taking place here. And in verse sixteen to eighteen, as you know, um, we haven't got time to read it, so I'll quote it as best I can. They say, "King, O King, live forever." They re- they greet him respectfully. They say, "We don't have any need to go into a huddle, so mm, to speak, to discuss mm, this matter." Mm. The God that we serve <coughs> is able to deliver us from your burning fiery furnace. But even if he does not, we're not going to bow down and worship your image. Now, this is interesting. What's interesting about this is their relationship with the true God. Their relationship is built on trust. Their relationship, they did not know their opening gambit or their opening comment where they said he is able suggests that we are not sure ourselves of the outcome. Mm. We are not sure whether God is going to deliver us from your burning fiery furnace or not. He can. We're quite confident that he's quite able to do that. But we're not 100% sure whether according whether to God's will. will and God's plan, this is the way that it is to go. This is a wonderful example, isn't it, of, it is. of yeah. faith. You know, this whole thing, I mean, today we would, you know, you call it uh, trust, and that certainly is that. Oh, but, of course, uh, but of course, uh, today we would call it call this faith. You know, here we've got three three guys, they're being harassed by the state. They're being uh, har- harassed by the state uh, to do that which the state says uh, is is a reasonable expectation. Uh, but they uh, take a stand and say, no, this is not a reasonable expectation. Mm-hmm. This is something that we have to stand against. Yes. You see, what King Nebuchadnezzar is actually doing here, he's got an image. It's entirely of gold that they're being called on to worship. He's actually rebelling himself against the God of heaven. Yes. The God of heaven oh, yes. has said there's going to be four consecutive kingdoms and then a divided kingdom un- until a, finally the in- a image itself comes along and smashes is the image. destroyed. Mm-hmm. And you get this picture right that on. God says 
this is what's going to happen. But Nebuchadnezzar comes along and he says, no, he says, this, this, uh, the, you've got it all wrong. This image, uh, isn't going to be four parts and then a divided kingdom, then a destroyed. What it's going to be is it's all going to be of gold. It's all going to be about me. It's, you, it's perpetual. The kingdom is eternal. It's perpetual. Yeah. That's what he's saying. Now it's interesting that before they go into the furnace, and we'll get to that a little bit later in our study, um, he basically says something interesting in the latter part of verse 15. And he says, and who is the God who is able to deliver you uh, yes. from my hand? What a powerful statement. Look, let's leave it just yeah, there. I think and we'll let's, leave it there. Uh, let's come, come to some uh, music. This is uh, the Forbes family. The uh, song is Pass Me Not. Uh, beautiful, uh, beautiful uh, uh, song. Uh, please enjoy. And then we will come back for the top of the hour.
That is the Forbes family, and the song is uh, Pass Me Not. Uh, beautiful, uh, beautiful song. Uh, song. Love it. And uh, uh, guys, uh, look, that uh, that book that we're just sharing today, look, I, I would just encourage you just uh, one more time, uh, History of Tomorrow. It's a, it's a real beauty. This is a book that uh, you will love and you will be able to share. Please feel free to take this book and to share it with somebody who may be asking yes. questions. Agreed. This is an excellent book uh, for sharing with uh, somebody uh, who perhaps may be inquiring. You know, can I trust the Word of God? A history of tomorrow. That is a. It's so simple to be able to share this particular book. Look, if you'd like the history of tomorrow, all you need to do is to text us. Our studio text number is o four triple eight eight o eight eleven o four triple eight. 80811 and the code is SA125. Now, uh, folks, please, no gap. Uh, we have had uh, one or two people have actually sent in the code SA with a gap between 125. No. Uh, please don't send that. Uh, if you've sent that, can you just resend your number SA125, three digits in a row? That's because we, uh, we actually, we've got a, one of those El Cheapo robots. We don't have one of the expensive robots. <laughs> and, uh, uh th- th- that means that, uh, if we we have a gap between the SA and the 125. He doesn't know what we're talking about. This is a dumb robot. Uh, and uh, we do call him faithful. He does a wonderful job. So long as you give him exactly what he needs. And what he needs is SA 125, five digits in a row. Folks, those of you who have actually sent in the uh, the digits uh, uh, with a, a gap between the SA and the 125, if you could just send that again, it would, uh, uh, it would save us having to manually uh, try to uh, uh, resolve the, uh, resolve your, uh, your request. So, uh, 08 888, uh, sorry, 04 888 and the code is SA125. Uh, now, welcome back. You are listening to uh, Faith FM Drive Time, a big Q&A with Pastor Gary, and my co-host today is uh, Pastor Brenton Wilkinson. And Brenton has recently retired from full-time ministry, but he just simply can't help himself, and he's in here today helping us out once again. Uh, most recently, he was pastor down in the Mount Gambier district of uh, uh, of South Australia. Brenton, look, we've got about uh, uh, about 10 minutes to, till the up. top of the hour, so, yeah. so please bring it all what is this saying to us about human nature well it says quite a few things but uh, maybe before we get to it uh, for those who are putting in for a history of tomorrow maybe as you were saying maybe it's a robot for dummies (laughs) (laughs) you said he's not very bright (laughs) yeah no that's a robot that's our robot oh dear our robot yeah anyway what does it say to us today? Well, it tells us that human nature hasn't changed, but because anybody who's been studying what's been going on in Russia since uh, the attempted mutiny about two weeks ago, um, it's rather interesting to observe how Putin is handling um, the situation or maybe not handling the situation as best you can sort of work out. Has human nature changed since then? The desire to control the desire to force your opinions on others and make them subservient to them or uh, recognising them has not changed. That's one thing that hasn't changed. What you get here is that Nebuchadnezzar, after these guys say to him in verse 18, but even if our God does not see fit to rescue us from the burning fiery furnace, 
we are not going to bow down and worship your image. Yeah, yeah. It says in the next verse that he's he was furious, and his I think some Bible versions use the word his attitude towards them changed. Now, the fact that he gave them a second chance in the first place, I doubt seriously, Gary, whether he would have given anybody else a second chance. Yeah. The fact that he he's more or less saying, look, I might be a dictator and I might be omnipotent, so to speak, but I'm a reasonable man. Look, I'll give you another chance. If you bow down and worship, next time the orchestra plays, everything will be okay. And they cut him off at the pass, so to speak, by saying, King, we don't really need to discuss this. <laughs> We're not going to bow down and worship you. So what does he do? He commands his commanders to heat the furnace seven times hotter. Now, he is... He is Here's the problem as I see it. Number one, it's already hot enough to kill anybody thrown into mm, it. Mm. So heating it seven times hotter, who's going to be standing there with the thermometer saying one time, two yeah, times, three yeah. times, four times, getting there, king, five times, six times? Yeah. <laughs> we know what happened because he commanded the strongest men of his army to bind these guys hand and foot, fully clothed, and throw them into the burning fiery furnace. What happened to the guys? They were killed. By the intent. That's those who threw the. That's those who threw them in. They're the strongest men in his army. army. It also tells you another thing about despots: a complete lack of, shall we say, empathy for human life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, seriously, <laughs> can you imagine a, a, a blazing hot brick kiln? And you say to someone, I want you to go right to the entrance of the furnace and put this in there for me, please. Mm, mm, You're sending mm. somebody to their death. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So, but, this is, but, but this really says something about humanity, isn't it? You know, well, with, that it does. Because without the Spirit of God, without the Spirit of God. They're cruel, callous. Uh, cruel and callous <laughs> yeah. is what humanity is. And, and this isn't just true for despots. You know, I, oh, no, I, it's not just true for despots. You know, I, I think of even those that, you know, went and, if you like, told tales on Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, you know, some of the officials who went to the king, you know. Mm. Did you not say, O oh, king, that, yes, you know, these, yes, you know, what we're finding here is there is a, uh, there is something occurring whereby these individuals wish to maybe have themselves promoted because if there are three vacancies the at the attention. very, at the very top, then someone is going to have oh. to fill it. You know, the, uh, the this political, uh, oh, dynamic. Yes. Absolutely. Is one that yeah. infects humanity uh, and not for Nothing positive. Nothing has changed. Exactly. Nothing has changed. I worked in the government. I do understand a bit. <laughs> Before I became a minister, I do understand a little bit yeah. How, yeah. how all of this yeah. works. Yeah. What I find interesting about this whole story is their comment to the king. They said, our God can deliver us. Even if he chooses not to, we're not going to worship the image. Really what they're saying is God is not obligated to us to do um, something we are in God's hands, we trust him totally, and uh, we will continue to worship him, we'll continue to love him, and if we get thrown into the burning fiery furnace and get burnt to death, so be it. But yeah. we're not going to change our, our outlook. The king hasn't changed his, and they haven't changed theirs, but of course the end of the story is... <laughs> the king just... Well, I don't know. If we was on social media today, I reckon it would have gone viral. Yes, if yes. someone had photographed the king's face <laughs> yes, yes. and put it on um, Twitter, FaceTime, 
Facebook, whatever. <laughs> if someone had photographed the king's face, I can imagine his eyes are just about standing out on stops. Because he says, sees that <laughs> yeah. the, the God of heaven, you know, he's thrown three people into the furnace. But and he now there's... There's four in there. And the fourth looks like the Son of God. You know, how does he recognize uh, what the Son of God says? There is something special mm. about this first, this fourth character that's, right. that's in the, yep. uh, do you know, uh, to me, this really says something to me about the, uh, about that, the power of the infinite God. It does. And in this case, it was to God's glory because we believe the fourth being that walked in the fire with them was, in fact, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bible commentators aren't unanimous on this, but I believe that all the evidence points to the fact that it was the Son of God who walked in the burning fiery furnace with them. Poor old Nebuchadnezzar, he can't help himself. He he, <laughs> he stops and he says, anybody who says anything against the uh, the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego is going to be cut in pieces. Their houses are going to be made a dunghill because there's no one that can um, can rescue like this God can. That's and order Karat can't help themselves, can they? Do you know uh, they can't help themselves? He had no right to command that from his. The, remember all the people who have bowed down. They've seen this. Just as he didn't have the authority to be able to, to command, command the, the worship in the first place, Correct. so at the very end of the story, he has no authority to be able to command the worship of even the Most High God. Yes. This is contrary to the character Absolutely. of God. Yes. You know, to me, Brenton, as I look at the Word of God, I, I just sort of see a, a, a character of God being displayed where force is an, anathema, to the God of heaven. It's a very good example, this story of how force should not be used. But one thing, one thing that's coming here to finish off on, slowly but surely, he is coming to know the true God as the only God. In Daniel 2, he says, surely your God is a God of gods mm. and Lord of kings. Mm. That's saying that well, my guys were not able to reveal this. Your God could. Now in this one, he's seen an evidence beyond even what happened in Daniel 2, where three guys who should have been burnt to death <laughs> yeah. are walking around in the fire and they don't even smell of smoke yeah. when they come out. Yeah. He's slowly inching towards recognizing the true God. And of course, in Daniel And we're going to dig into this one yeah. later in the week. <laughs> we are. But that's a, that's a good place to, has human nature changed? Not at all. Not at all. Not no, at all. Not at all. And you know what? Even in the world in which we live today, there is pressure. Pressure, pressure, all the time to conform to the thinking that the elites are putting out there to the culture of the day. Yes, Do you know this right. is this really says something to me about the uh, about the need to stand up to the culture of the world in which we are living, uh, because it's so easy to uh, bow at the uh, at the foot of the demands of culture. Uh, that culture may not have the death penalty connected with it uh, at uh, at, at this, this time, but you know, I, as I look at it. It can certainly make us oppose oh, yeah, the yeah. principles of the God of heaven. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, I come to you right now. I want to say thank you uh, for being the God uh, who uh, who is able to act. Lord, thank you for being the God who is able to save. Thank you for being uh, the almighty, the all-powerful uh, God. Uh, Lord, I just want to pray right now that you'd be with uh, with each of our listeners. Lord, yes. if there's somebody who's struggling in some way, uh, Lord, if there's somebody who uh, perhaps is, is going through an issue where they're being forced maybe by the culture of the day 
today, yes. uh, maybe yes, by, the, uh, by, by some issue at work. I just pray that you might take control, that you might open and close doors, that you uh, might stand by that individual in the same way uh, that you stood beside uh, those three boys yes. uh, in that, uh, that furnace uh, long ago. Lord, thank you uh, for your mighty power and standing on our behalf. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, folks, it uh, it does look like uh, that uh, uh, that our time is up for today. Uh, thank you so much uh, for joining with us. Uh, tomorrow, uh, we've got uh, Pastor Fabiano and Lindy Sparing's going to be joining us, and they're going to be asking, does God care for bad kings? You know, this uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, he's not a nice fellow, uh, and yet the amazing story uh, we find tomorrow is that even King Nebuchadnezzar, God worked for his salvation. In fact, I suggest that he was actually converted. But that we're going to come to that tomorrow. Really look forward uh, to uh, to being with you then. But until then, please remember, Christ said, "I'm leaving you with a gift: peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May God richly bless you." This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.